It's time for the Horror Attic Podcast. The Horror Attic Podcast. It's showtime, ladies and gentlemen. It's a deep dive into horror movies, memorabilia, and monsters. Are you one of the frightened? Turn out the lights. Turn out the lights. Crank up the sound. And welcome, and welcome to, the to the attic. To the attic. Now pay attention, please. It's time for the Horror Attic Podcast. Welcome back to the podcast. My name is Ray. Paul. Anthony's sitting around here. Before we get into tonight's show, I want to recap exactly what we went over last week. Just in case you missed it, you might want to go back and check out the podcast. It's available on Podbean and iTunes. And don't forget, you can always follow us on the Facebook. We have a Facebook group, The Horror Attic. Last week, we had a little in memory of Mr. Hal Holbrook. Who is in God Fletch bless his soul. Yeah, God bless his soul. He was in Fletch Creep Lives. Show. Creep Show, The Fog, Unholy. Uh, we also talked about some people that we've met at the different cons that the guys have been to. Uh, we mm-hmm. also had a new chick, old flick, Jen reviewed last week, Night of the Comic. Comic. Loved it. Loved it. She did like it. And then uh, our closing topic, we kind of discussed, and I learned a little bit here, we kind of discussed that sci-fi... Versus the horror intersect. Where do they kind of meet in the middle, I guess, uh, and the differences yeah. between them? So we discussed that last week. But this week, we're getting into a bunch of new stuff. What do we have this week on the podcast, Paul? Uh, we're going to, the end of the show, we're going to talk about the CGI versus practical effects. Us 80s fans are more bias towards the practical effects and how crappy CGI is in some areas. We got the collector's corner with some of our new toys that we've gotten. Top five, we're going to talk about some movies that me and Anthony have picked out where that horror and sci-fi do intersect. And that's it. That should be enough gab, though. Tons of gab on that stuff. All right, cool. And uh, should we get right into it? Let's do that. Well, like our closing topic last week, we discussed horror and sci-fi, and that's what our top five is tonight. Uh, so where are they intersecting, and what are the, uh, the top five that each of you guys have? Who wants to start tonight? Oh, I think Anthony should go. He was the last one of the show tonight. So start off with an honorable mention there, Anthony. All right. I would have to say it would be Starship Troopers. would be an honorable mention. Great pick. Great pick. Definitely Borders. Yeah, that's a gore fest. Have you seen that one, Raymond? You know what? I have, but it's in many, many years. Since I've seen that yeah. one, and I it just I, came out I, I, in '97. Okay, well that's '97. That think of how long it was. That's 25 <laughs> years ago. <laughs> I, I still think it's only five years ago. <laughs> yeah, that's 25 years ago. So that was a long time ago. I mean, I've had four children since then. You yeah, know, you know, <laughs> busy man. Yeah, you kind of think of that. Yeah, that came out the year my daughter was born, and she's 23, 20, yeah. 24 this year. Oh my god! Yeah, you know what? That is a classic. So yeah, you. <laughs> that's fine. You haven't. You can't remember it. 
that's fine. Yeah, I mean, it's it, it's been a long time. It's not one of those movies that I would have said, oh, I got to watch this again. You know what I mean? Um, oh, why not? I mean, just, don't you remember the... It, it just wasn't if you my you want to really get into it, watch the sequels. There's, there's a, sequels. There's sequels. All right, well, I'll have to put that on my uh, pick to click. What are some other honorable mentions we have that didn't make the top five of you guys' list? I'll go on my side. Um, I'm going to go with V... The series and V, the final battle. Uh, oh, I loved it. Every, every, I mean, don't you remember favorites. back in the eight, back in the 80s, it was like the biggest event of the year. I, you know, we run to the TV and it was the first series was only two nights and then V, the final battle was three nights. But, oh, absolutely phenomenally. I got the Blu-rays. I got the DVDs and I'll watch them at work. I love them. Absolutely love them. When are you going to get the tattoo? Mm. See, what people don't know about Paul... <laughs> His paw's arm is covered in horror movie icons, I would call them, correct? So who do you have all tattooed on your arm? Um, I got the alien from They Live. I got a Halloween 3, The Witch, from the poster. I got Tarman. I got Jason. I got Michael. And I got Leatherface. Well, I think My whole arm V would be good. Yeah, you know that. Well, it's just a lizard face. I mean, yeah, that, yeah but that's, you, you could do like the half human face, half lizard face. Get it on your back. Yeah, that's, yeah right above my waistline. No. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, your whole back. <laughs> I would have had my whole arm done if it wasn't for COVID. That damn COVID. I I, I got to get I, Jaws. B was one of my favorites. I did watch that. Uh, boy, what year did that come out? Because. I remember being a youngster, really, when it came out. I, I believe it was 83 and 84. And yes. then they had the series right after, you know, the TV series that only lasted one year. I like, I see, I watched the series. So, I yeah. mean, I would have only been in like sixth grade and loved it. Loved it then. Yeah. Anthony, what's another honorable mention, bud? Uh, I would say Killer Clowns from Outer Space. <laughs> you like that movie. You have mentioned yeah. that movie in the past. So. It's a fun ride. It is. It's a fun cheese fest. It really is. It didn't make my top 100, but that is a good movie. Now, you've got The Frighteners on your list, Paul. Is that... Yes. That's not the one with Michael J. Fox, is it? Yes. Yes. Oh, it is. Love that movie. Loved that movie. Isn't it great? Yes. I feel bad because it didn't get the notoriety, you know, when it first came out. You know, you're thinking... Michael J. Fox. I'm like, come on. But when you watch it, it, it's a great movie. You know, and the special effects are really cool, how they were coming out of the walls, you know, the pushing yes. up against the wall. That was awesome. And I think that was like right after it was, I can't say Michael J. Fox was hot at the time, but it was kind of like on his way out of being hot. Don't you think? But yeah. After yes. you know, he had a couple movies and that was kind of like on the slowing down period for him. What do you got? What else what you guys was, mentioning, oh, uh, Anthony? Uh, they live. Oh. They live is another one. That was tough because I was going to throw that in my top five, but just didn't make it. I'll talk. Anybody? Let's talk about they live a little bit because I have that's my next honorable mention too by John Carpenter. So what's so good about that, that one? It's the cast. You got Rowdy the Piper, the wustler. Rowdy Keith Rowdy David. Piper was in that. Yeah. Yep. No. And he kidding. did a good job. Keith David, 
from mm-hmm. The Thing. He's been in a million other movies. It's just the story concept, you know? Aliens have infiltrated the world and taken over the leadership, the economy, and everything, and you can't see them unless you put on these special sunglasses. So Roddy finds the sunglasses. What was it? Maybe like a third into the movie, Anthony? Yeah. You know, and he's walking down a street in L.A. and puts them on and sees the aliens and his one-liners in the movie are just is he dead right you know yes yeah, he, he passed pass away, away i don't know maybe what six or seven years ago Man, yeah I surprising that. i didn't know that yeah That's yeah sucks. he was at one of the chicago cons uh the year before he passed away it yes i did meet him i got some pictures with them and i had my wife there jen was there and my daughter taylor and he there was a long line for his autograph and he sat and talked with us for at least five to ten minutes. Is you he know, a big about, dude? Uh, I mean, tall? No, but you know, built. Well, sure, know. he was a wrestler, but I mean, yeah, you're what are you yeah. six four? I mean, I'm six. I'm two. six three, and yeah, I was a f- yeah, I was quite a few inches taller than him. Were you? You know, because some of these guys you see, I've met a lot of them, and it surprised me how small a lot of them were. Uh, the oh. wrestling guys, you know what I mean. Now there's oh, some. I just... bet the Big Show when he was massive. I mean, he made me look tiny. And like Edge, yeah. I'm the same height as Edge and The Rock. We're all about the same height. But like some of them guys um, are tiny guys. You don't realize it. You don't no. realize it. I mean, at the cons, you know, one of the flashback one year had a panel of all the Michael Myers. Don Shanks was supposedly like one of the biggest Michael Myers in Part Five. I went over there and met him, and I towered above him. I I couldn't believe it. They are so short. I it's mean, all I'm taller than a lot of people. And angle, isn't yes. it, Anthony? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, big time. It's about the angles, and that's that's the key. Because if they showed them what they actually looked like, uh, yeah, I think people would have different opinions about these. So let's get into the top five for each of you. Number five, Anthony, who's on your list? Oh, mine's an oddball. I picked Ghost of Mars by John Carpenter. That is (laughs) great. Perseverance is going to run into a ghost up there, I'm sure. Did you actually see, though, not to change the subject, while we're we're staying on Mars, there was a picture that was sent back, and I'm believing it's a rock, but it looks like half of a skull in the sand or dirt or whatever Hmm. that's on Mars. You know, it's it oh, kind of like the new this, rover. Yeah, this new Perseverance that's up there. It's like half rounded, and it looks like there could be an eye hole that's out, and kind of a cheek bony looking shape to it. But I'm sure it's just a rock. But that was a picture they sent back. I'm like, oh, that's kind of cool. So, well, it'd be pretty cool if they could put it in those pods when they go and pick them up in what is it, five or six years, or send in another? Yeah rover there to go pick them up and bring them back to earth yeah that'd be pretty neat so what's up with ghost of mars anthony Uh, i just thought it was uh, one of these oddball type horror sci-fi films that uh carpenter doesn't really get talked about a lot and you know i saw it back in the theater when it came out and i thought it was interesting uh basically uh natasha henstridge uh plays this cop that's Oh, yeah. Picking up um, (laughs) this criminal on Mars, and she's trying to transport him across, and all of a sudden their train gets derailed. There's a train to Mars in it? The train's on Mars. Oh. 
Mm-hmm. Oh, so it's t- it takes place on Mars. Yeah, correct. Probably it's not important a train detail. From yeah, important detail to, to put in there. I was like, okay, well, maybe she's transporting back and forth. I don't know. It's a long one. All right, let's move on to your number five, Paul. I got T2. It's a little bit heavier on the, not necessarily sci-fi, but on the action. But for me, my personal choice, that's kind of the, you know, category that is right there between sci-fi and horror. I just, you know, I blend them in together right there. Did that one have the liquid cop in it, or was that three? Correct. Yeah, Yeah, Robert Patrick. Yeah, I like that. That was cool. That was awesome special effects, too. Man, I wish I knew good how they CGI, did that. Yeah, which we'll talk I mean, about yes. later. But yeah, that was that was a yeah. good one. I like that one. All right, number four, Anthony uh, is Aliens, which is pretty much probably on everybody's list for a horror sci-fi movie. Mm-hmm. Now, your next one, Paul. I think everybody knows the, the plot of Aliens, so I don't think we need to get into that one too much. Now, your next one was one of Anthony's honorable mentions, Paul. Starship, Starship Troopers. Troopers, yeah. Yep. So, well, we've kind of discussed yep. that a little bit. So let's move on to Anthony's number three, which to me this one's Is come up a couple times in the last couple podcasts. I think. Well, that was yeah, a review that Jen thing. did a few episodes ago. Yeah, that's the right. Thing. It was the thing. So I think we've covered the thing in pretty much detail. Again, we're talking about our top five horror sci-fi movies. And uh, again, now we've already discussed aliens, so let's move on to. Uh, oh, I like number two, Anthony. This is one of my favorite oh, yeah. movies, mm-hmm. the original Predator. Look at there, we've got Arnold Schwarzenegger showing up in two, yeah. two of our, uh, our the governor. Five. Yeah, <laughs> get to the chopper. I have seen so many Predator costumes posted online um, from different mm-hmm. cons, and people make some amazing predator costumes oh they put some time in they definitely put some time into them it's crazy i I mean that's not my thing but them walking around you know me and anthony are at the dealer tables they walk by and i got no problem getting up and going taking pictures with them i mean that's what they do it for it's it's really neat to see i had a, a old business and this kid that worked for me he made a predator costume and it was amazing he came in to to work in it and I was dumbfounded how real it looked. I mean, you can see that the minor things that don't look real when you're up close. But if he's standing 10 feet away from you, you're like, oh, my God. It was amazing, the work and the hours that he put in. And he was showing me pictures of how he made the casts of the different molds for things. And I was dumbfounded how much time he had put into that. Not just that, but the money that these people spend oh, into making yeah. these costumes uh just yeah. amazing but when that movie came out i mean that was uh, i think that was really not only was it a phenomenal movie but you had a huge cast in that movie of some pretty famous oh, yeah, people great. aside from Arnold, just, you know what i mean just the body i'll tell you i always remember billy bear you remember him from 48 yeah. hours yep and then he shane was the black big, uh, was in it and then, uh, what's his name, uh, from Rocky? Carl Weathers. Carl Weathers, yeah. Carl Weathers. Yeah. Good movie. movie, good movie. All right, now Here's we've already talked about... For you. Uh, yeah, go ahead. Here you go. Um, in the, They started filming Predator before. You know who played the original Predator before he was re- um, replaced by 
Sylvester. What is it? Kevin Hall? Is it Kevin Hall? Is that who the... Oh, the predator original Predator. The, no, I don't know. Yeah, the seven-footer was uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme. Really? Wasn't there somebody else they had in mind, too, for Arnold Schwarzenegger? That I don't always, know. I, I thought I heard somebody else was up for that role uh, before he snagged it. Yeah, Paul, Paul Rubens. Yeah, I was just going to say Pee Wee Herman. I was just going <laughs> to say Pee Wee. Pee Wee Jack in the Box Herman. Yeah, he was going to be the predator. Come on now. Get to the uh, chopper. Huh? <laughs> 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 yeah, no, I don't think that's so. Uh, the thing is on your list at number two, Paul. Let's go with the Anthony's yeah. number one on the list. Number one. You might swat this one away, but I picked the fly. Oh, my God. Oh, really I might swat this one away. Come on, give us the horn. I don't even know if I want a horn and... Maybe you want to punch him. <laughs> maybe maybe you want to buzz me on that one. Oh, my, oh okay. <laughs> there you go. I'll buzz you. Cut his go. mic. Cut his mic. That is a good movie, Anthony. I will. Uh, I'm not going to say I agree with that being number one, but that is a good. You're talking remake, right? Yeah, the remake with Jeff Goldblum, okay. which very. Yeah. That's like Gina Davis. One of the only films I like of him. Uh, he didn't really get to talk much as the fly, did he? No, he did. He did a lot, especially um, when he was in the lab. And no, I mean when he was off. actually oh. the fly. Did he talk much when he was the fly? No, no. See, that would have been that would have ruined the movie if you had Jeff Goodblum talking the way he does as the fly. That would have just ruined it. Now, Paul, That's we discussed movie. your number one. Uh, already, which was Anthony's number two, The Predator. What about Predator 2? I like it. one. I like it. I mean, that's got to be an honorable mention, don't you think? Well, I had that on my fourth honorable mention. I mean, we were picking out a bunch of them. So, yeah, that was my fourth one, Predator 2. Some people hate it. I I liked it. I mean, when you're comparing it to the original Predator, I mean, it you know, well, it what doesn't do you do? really compare. You know, you, you got to take it to a exactly. different scenery, and they did. And then you throw yes, Gary Busey in it, which, heck, you can't go wrong with that crazy bastard. I like it better than the remake. They did remakes of Predator? Well, the sequels. Yeah, it's Predators. Oh, what? Predators. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was when there was a. No, it wasn't number two. There was a whole bunch of Predators in the end of it, wasn't there? Or was that, that was yeah, at the end of part two in the ship when they were in the yeah. ship. Yeah, a yeah. bunch of them yeah. yeah showed up. Yep. Yeah. No, I thought that plot was pretty good for that one. You know? I didn't mind it. Yeah, I thought I that didn't was mind pretty it. good. I didn't like anything else after that, but who was the uh the news guy? Remember he used to have a talk show? Not Maury uh, uh, but Robert more or Robert no uh Morton Downey. Morton Downey, that's Morton Downey. So before we uh, before we get on to our, our collector's corner here, is there anything else we want to mention uh, about our top five here? He's got scanners. What the yeah, hell is scanners? scanners? In the 80s, basically uh, about mind control and how they want you to think a certain way. And if you don't and disagree, then you get your demise. I also see you've got X-Files on there. Huge fan of the yeah. X-Files. Love the X-Files. I'd say that's definitely borders sci-fi horror. Yeah, 
I mean, because that was like very uh, dramatical and suspenseful, and sometimes you really got to see some nasty stuff in that. Good one. Uh, don't forget, always check out the Facebook group, because uh, we often throw some questions up there uh, for you to interact with us, so you can give us your two cents uh, on the top five or any of the other topics we discuss here on the podcast. So uh, make sure you check that out, and follow, follow us on Twitter, Horror Attic 2020, right, Anthony? Yes, Horror Attic 2020 on Twitter. What do you have tucked away under the stairs? What are doing, Mommy? It is time to clean house. In a box in the basement. Who's in the box? Oh, what's in the box? What's in the fucking box? Is it worth some bucks? It's time for the collector's corner in the Horror Attic. This is one of my favorite parts because I like hearing about the toys you guys have. Excuse me, not toys. Action figures. No, about how much money that we've spent on Yes, this that crap. too. I like hearing uh, about how much money that you have uh, spent on this. So what do we got in Collector's Corner today? Did you guys get anything new in since our last podcast? Yes. I don't even... Well, my wife doesn't want me to talk about it. Anthony, you go ahead because I got to come up with my entire list. Um, my first my first one would be uh, Nosferatu. Um, it's from a silent screamers line that came out years ago, but I was lucky enough um, a couple months ago to pick it up. It's based off the 1922 film. If anyone's seen that film, I was going to say I, I recognize Nosferatu being super old. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, so that, that's that basically cool. the basis of your vampire films. Yeah. That's a freaky looking vampire, there, dude. Is that like a limited edition thing, or is that uh, something that's uh, pretty was, decent value to that line? Now it is. I mean, it's an older figure that came out about ten years ago. It's one of those that. Unless you're at a convention or you kind of looked online and tried to pick it up, you wouldn't really know about it. But it's not something uh, you're going to find easily then, probably, huh? Oh, no. There's something you're going to hold on to, though. Yeah. All right. What did you say, Paul? Now, Anthony, I got the stores that I know I buy my figures, some of the collectibles from. Now, that Nosferatu, where did you pick that one up from? Oh, I got it from uh, House of Mysterious Secrets. Oh, you deal with Kevin, too? It gets its stuff uh, on time, and he keeps you updated on what's going on. So, is that like something, was that a pre-owned thing? Yeah, brand new in the package. Um one of those that try to keep all my figures in the package and because it, it still could it be pre-owned life. somebody just wanted to get rid of it finally you know maybe yeah. needed to make the rent payment and said well i'm going to sell this so and so and i would say are. rent payment but i mean kevin payment? doesn't really do that on his site you know a lot of his is pre-order i mean he's got a lot of stuff in stock but a lot of those collectors like me and anthony you know we we live off of pre-orders you know they'll announce something that's coming out in november of 21 well we're gonna buy it now so we're guaranteed to get one when it does come in and it just ships sometimes they're delayed sometimes they're a little bit early that's what surprises my wife i'd be like oh crap i got two coming (laughs) and she's working from home uh you got a box on the porch she goes oh what'd you get i'm like "Eh, i'm gonna go open it up downstairs what do you got uh today paul also in your collector corner the first two i kind of brought that up in one of the earlier shows with the pre-order Um, You know, you get the email that your order has shipped, and I'm like, oh, no problem. Well, it was the Trick or Treat figures, that's the company's name, Trick or Treat put out two new figures of Michael Myers from Halloween 4 and 5. 
They're like 12 inches tall. They're big, so those That's came worse. in. That was That'd the one. Funny. Oh yeah. So yeah, are they numbered? I mean, are these are these figures numbered? No. So there's a bunch of them out there though, or no? At, for now, but these things usually go fast. You know, you got yeah. Within, the, the, once I'd they say, sell out, they're done. Yeah, oh, so they're not going to make I'd them within again. the first year. No, they don't reproduce them with these figures. So smart thing to do is to buy them now before you decide to go to a convention and somebody jacks it up four times of what it is. So are you taking anything like this to a convention to maybe get the box signed? I don't do that. A lot of people do. A lot of people take the boxes and, you know, a hockey mask Mm -hmm. or a Freddy's glove. Does that do anything to the value of the figure having the box signed or does that decrease the value of the overall product? Yeah. I view no, it as decreasing, in my it depends opinion. On, it depends on the person. I mean, the, the value will go up depending on if the person's still alive. And then it also depends on the if the box is in what people want, mint condition, kind of like a sports card. Sure. I don't want huh. them signed. I, it's just like a, you know, you take a figure or some piece of expensive memorabilia, you know, if they address it, Ray, Robert yeah. Englund, you know, if they address your name on it, well, that kills, it's valuable to you. Yeah, but, but nobody else, yeah, unless they're named That's about Ray. it, but you know, I, I just like them <laughs> sign, you know, autographing eight by tens so you can frame it and hang it up get somebody to sign a big figure so it's i don't know I, I, I don't i don't like it i'm looking at our show list here and anthony are you typing in a different language for this next thing you have here or yeah what the <laughs> what the heck is this no that's that's the name of it that's awesome movie oh bubba hotep <laughs> what the heck bubba is hotep that is uh it's a movie starring bruce campbell <laughs> okay and it came out uh, basically, Bruce Cam- the, the premise is Bruce Campbell is a retired Elvis impersonator living in a like a VA home. Okay. And, and then he has to fight this demon called Bubba Hotep. I'm going, what the hell language is this? Bubba Hotep Neka. <laughs> Bubba Hotep Neka. I mean, are we speaking Indian here or something? I, don't, I was like, what is he talking Bubba about? Bubba Hotep Neka, Dr. Caligari. I mean, yeah, you got it all. You mentioned, what's his name again now? He's been in a lot of stuff. Oh, yeah, Bruce uh, Campbell from Evil yeah. Dead. Army yeah, Darkness. he's been in a bunch of horror stuff, hasn't he? He's a big but Sam Raimi. Was... You know, him and Sam Raimi were buddies, so they've... He's know, they really kind of... Made a name for himself in the horror genre as of you know last several years. You know he was on that show on USA, the spy show or whatever it was. Or notice, great show, great show. Right. Don't yep. you remember Br- Briscoe County? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. But I mean, I think he's probably gotten more notoriety from the the horror genre, wouldn't you say? Oh yeah, oh definitely. Yeah, the evil by far. The army of darkness. So the NECA is the brand. That's not part of the, the title of it, right? Okay, so it's a yeah, NECA, NECA brand. Yeah, the brand of figure. Yeah. Okay, all right. So basically Paul, what, the figure is is an impersonation. His figure is an overweight Elvis using a walker. What the heck? That's the figure? Yeah. <laughs> you know what? you gotta, you got to put a picture of that up on the Facebook group. The whole I want to see it. I want to see it. Because I, I want to see that, too. So if you get a chance, please... Put a photo of that up so I can see it. Paul, what else you got, buddy? Uh, my next figure that I got is the uh, John Nada figure from They Live, which is Roddy, Roddy, Roddy Piper. Okay. He probably doesn't have yeah. his hot rod t-shirt on then, does he? 
or his kilt. He's got his uh, he's got his button down shirt on and his sunglasses on. So is that is test. that worth more money now that he's dead? <laughs> Not necessarily. I don't think so. I, I no. don't. I don't think so. I mean, it's it's easy to find now, but you give it a couple of years, and then yeah, the production. So it's one of those yeah. buy now, wait later to get the value. All right. Yeah, it's uh, just one of those movies that I loved and I wanted the figure. I mean, they also released another one a few months ago. That's the a male and female of the aliens that I also have. That was from They Live. No particular actor that it is, but it's just so, a male and female of the aliens. Are they going to cancel that too? It looks like they did Mr. Potato <laughs> Head or, I mean, I'm not sure how Dr. Seuss. Yeah, I mean, you know. Uh, Anthony, what else you got? Was it the cabinet of Dr. Caligula? Clark. Is that what that is? It's another throwback uh, 1920s black and white film. basis is this doctor controls a dead corpse and brings it back to life to kill people. Very oh, demented right. so doctor. Kind of a common theme of a bunch of horror movies, I'm guessing, really. And, Paul, you're, you've got one here that my dad would love because it was one of his favorite movies of all I time. I love this movie. The Creature I from the it. Black Lagoon. Now, is this a figure that you have? Yeah, it's like a little... I'm actually looking at it right now. It's right next to my mic here. It's probably four inches tall. It looks like a little... Star Wars guy, and it came in like in a clear cube, and it's got some little underwater grass down by the bottom of it. It's made by a company called Super 7. I just saw it for pre-sale, and I love Creature from the Black Lagoon, and I think I paid 17 bucks for it. So it's a newer thing, then? Yes. Oh, yeah. This just... It just came out, and the cool thing is, is that the creature is black it's like all shades of gray so it's like a black and white you know how the movie was so let me it's ask you green yeah. a lot of these figures like you say this just come out but the movie's super yeah. old so what determines when they're going to put something out is there a demand for this is it just oh yes you know because yeah, demand, that's a super licensing. old yeah i mean is it somebody buying the license and then they say all right we're going to make some money on this let's put out a four inch yep. figure now Bingo. Oh. Okay. Bingo. Yep. And they see how there's a whole line go. coming out. There's a line coming out, like from. Oh, from it's the same. There's a whole line coming out of figures like Frankenstein, Wolfman that are all. Mm-hmm. There's no color there's to them. They're man. all just shades of gray, um, like the black and white movies. So, yes, like the you said, somebody screen. got a license, put them out. Okay. But I'm assuming there's probably older creature from the Black Lagoon figures, correct? Oh, yeah. I'm sure there's some out there. I mean, I have yeah, one. Yeah, Diamond Select did one. Yeah, I can't see. I got one over on the shelf there that's probably about eight inches tall in a clear case, but I, I don't know who makes that one. I, I can't see that far. I want to ask you a question about your, your collector's corner here, because we've, we've discussed figures, but what mm-hmm. I'm a big fan of is movie props. Do either of you have like props from any movies that are collectible? You know what? I'm a props fan too. I really I that I mean there's props and then there's screen use props. I love the screen use, but I don't have any. You know, I'm guessing they're box. expensive. Oh yes. <laughs> you got anything, Anthony? There? No. I mean screen use props are one of those that could cost you thousands and thousands of dollars. Um, and where do, where would somebody find a screen used 
crop for sale, though? I mean, is that like a rare uh, find you're stumbling yeah. across? You know, like the original Jason mask, or, or there was probably several of them when it was made. Um, yeah. But, like, where do you find something like that? Find them. Some people have them on eBay. Some people have them at conventions. But it's very, but, you know, very rare. Yeah, but how do you verify? How do you verify it was actually used in the movie? COA it's by documentation. Yep. Okay. Yeah. I got to have a COA. I mean, I got. I think the only thing that I would have that is considered somewhat of a prop is that full size gremlin that I got. I mean, screen use, no, but it is made from the mold of the one original. Of the yeah, one of the gremlins, the streaker gremlin. If there was. A prop that you could get, just say any prop was available to you. Money was no issue. What's one thing each of you would buy? Oh, Anthony, you go first. I got to think about it. I'll go I, first. I want the I, Hannibal Lecter mask. Well, yeah, shocking. Oh, yeah. okay. I give that one. That's, That's a, a good, good one. one. Um, I would say the original Michael Myers mask. That's a yeah. real good one, too. Yeah. What about Snake Plissken's eye patch? And what is that from? Uh, Escape from New York, Kurt okay. Russell. I mean, that's hard to display. It's kind of a corny display, but I would say mine would probably be the Friday the 13th hockey mask from Part 3. Okay. Ooh. So just guesstimate. What are each of these? What would each of these items possibly run? (laughs) I would have no idea. I mean, if I owned, like, the original Michael Myers mask, I mean, I think I would just throw some ludicrous number out there to see if any... 100,000, maybe? Yeah, really? okay, I'm going to throw 100000 out there. Let's see, is there anybody out there that has that type of money that's a horror fan? What would the, silence, mean, the, what would the Hannibal Lecter mask cost me, you think? Uh, I Over think that, grand. you know, since Silence of the Lambs was a bit more mainstream and popular, I mean, didn't that win Best Picture? I think so. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. I mean, that's pretty much out there. I mean, a couple hundred thousand? Wow. Who knows? If you haven't watched while we're on the, look into. while we're talking silence, if you haven't watched the new Clarice, you're missing out because it's phenomenal. It's have not. Yes, it's great. It's actually on Thursday nights. Uh, but now, here's the thing with it: there's people that they cannot mention. They cannot mention Hannibal Lecter. They cannot mention like the the main FBI guy that recruits Clarice, uh, and they the cannot rights. mention Buffalo Bill. There's certain names they cannot say due to copyrights and things like that but they do yeah, skirt their way around sad. it pretty well uh and it's pretty good it's pretty good it's like picks up a year after silence uh would have happened that's my pick to click if you're looking for something yeah. to watch hey so. another thing another thing before uh i just got a message on uh facebook that kimberly beck from friday the 13th the final oh. chapter the final girl is has agreed to come on our show as a guest um a little bit down the road that's pretty cool who else have you sent any uh invites out to well i just sent an invite uh the other day to patty mullen from frankenhooker trying to get her on the show <laughs> frank <Ooh>. <laughs> It's one of my favorite movies. I got a real good story about that about Patty Mullen. Where'd you um, see her at? Actually, I saw her um, at the Monster Mash, the same convention as Linda Blair. When I met Linda Blair, oh. <laughs> yeah, this was this was pre, you know, a little bit, a couple pre-bashing? hours before I met Linda Blair. Yeah, pre bashing. 
But uh, basically, <clears throat> I walk into the convention and I'm walking around trying to get, you know, see what tables are around. And I notice this woman's just like walking around, kind of confused look. And uh, I look over at her. She smiles at me and I'm like, hmm, good looking woman. I'm like, it kind of looks like uh, Patty Mullen from Frankenhooker. So I continue walking around the convention for another 20 minutes. She comes around and still has that, like, I'm lost look. So I walk up to her and I go, excuse me, uh, you're Patty Mullen. And she looks at me and goes, yeah, how do you, you know, how do you know that I'm Patty Mullen? So oh, I'm a big fan of uh, Frankenhooker and you're one of the reasons why I came to this convention because you never do a convention at all. Oh. So she goes, I'm trying to find my table i have no idea i'm like nobody's helping you find your table your setup and she goes no so did you escort the escort sorry that was yes i did yes i did (laughs) i said well i'll be a gentleman and i'll help you find your table so we started walking around and they put her all the way in the back of the convention hall in the corner oh that's disrespectful uh, yeah, but she did have a pretty decent sized setup with a backdrop. Oh, that's good. So I can see, so I can see why. But anyways, we were talking for a little bit, and nobody seemed to notice her. And she's like, "I don't know what to charge for my photos. I've never done a convention. Nothing uh, right now. Free. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I asked her. I'm like, "Well, what do you got?" And she's pulling out all these photos and i said well at the time i said if you charge 20 25 bucks that's pretty good um you know that's a decent price to charge fans i mean you can charge more because you never do conventions um so we we're talking a little bit more about the conventions and what she's been doing because she basically after frankenhooker kind of left the industry so that's her claim to fame as well as she was the penthouse pet of 1986 and you didn't get her to sign to that, did you? Yes, I did, Ray. <laughs> yes, I did. I, matter of fact, I whipped it out of my bag, and I said, you know, would you mind signing this penthouse from 1986? And she says, sure. So I pulled it out, and she signed it. And she's like, is there anything else you want me to sign? So she signed a photo, took a picture with me. We talked for little bit and then all of a sudden people started coming to her table so kind of gave her i gave her a hug and i said i'll let you do what you need to do and i hopefully you have a great weekend and uh that was the end with patty mullen for that weekend so we got to get her on the show yeah Yeah. that'd be cool actually there there i got a follow-up story with that too um a quick little note a month later she did a mystery uh Signing at a theater not too far from me, and there was a contest to win a soda date, and I won the soda date with. Patty what the hell is a soda date? What's a soda date? <laughs> yeah. yeah, basically, a soda date is you're sitting at a table and you're sharing drinks together. Oh, so, so you like having I, coffee? Yeah, basically. Pop. I mean, yep. And That's it was the dumbest thing I've ever heard of in my life. The horror attic podcast. Let the discussion begin. I don't know what we're yelling about. It's the horror attic podcast. All right, our final topic tonight is what, fellows? CGI effects 
versus practical effects in movies. All right, so now this is kind of cool because I'm a big fan of CGI because I like being able to not notice it. You know what I'm saying? You're a modern boy, modern boy. I mean, I just want to... I want to not notice that it's a CGI. You know, not that this is a horror movie, but like the first Spider-Man, terrible. With, what's his name that I hate? I just thought, Toby? No. You don't like Toby? No, I hate Toby McGuire. <laughs> oh, I thought terrible. The, I agree with you. I thought the uh, the CGI in there was horrible. Just absolutely horrible. And it's gotten better as we've gone along. Of course, technology has too. But that plays a big part into our discussion here, I think. You know, because you've got early versions of CGI, and now you've got newer stuff in CGI. There's definitely a big difference, of course. But are you a traditionalist or not, Paul? I'm a traditionalist when it comes to, like, horror movie kills and stuff that I think could be done more with practical effects back in the 80s. You know, the CGI, to me, just doesn't... I I don't like kills in say the walking dead with cgi it it just doesn't do anything for me it looks too hokey but cgi for terminator 2 or jurassic park looks great which the walking dead just came back on on sunday night i don't know if you know that or not i don't watch it anymore come on i checked out about five years ago 10 they're in season 10 the last one thank god like worse than Grey's anatomy oh come on i mean i don't think they they don't use a lot of cgi in the walking dead oh yes they do when it comes to the kills of, maybe the kills you know, they do yes but the makeup oh, and everything no uh, and that's masks, not cgi that's no it's not, not. CGI. that's what i'm saying I'm the kills they could easily do cgi for a lot of the walkers I mean, look at Iron Man and stuff. All that's just dots all over their face. They could do that with Walking Dead, but they don't. They have masks on and everything else. So no, that's the good part of it. Now, when they show a million, you know, when they show a thousand zombies, there's probably twenty or thirty of them there, and the rest are CGI. You know, that's fine. I'm talking about the them stabbing the zombies in the eye, and you see it come out in the back end of the head. You know, it just looks so fake yeah and i just don't get that maybe i'm just sitting too far away from my tv to notice or you're just not looking for that you know you're not you know you're not a diehard horror fan of the 80s you know to compare that to what we grew up and now some of the practical effects in the 80s they were some of them were pretty bad but you just get a different you know more realism to it all right opinion so who's somebody that's known for good practical effects? Tom Savini. He's top dog. Oh, Tom yeah, Savini and another guy that worked underneath him. Was it Tasso? Yeah. And Greg Nicotero. You know, he's he's a big wig with Walking Dead now. He directs some, produces it. Um I have seen wig. him I on gotta, the Talking Dead. Yes, yeah. yeah, super nice guy. I got a quick story. Um, back at that con when I did back in 90, there was an auction up on the stage where they were auctioning off-screen used memorabilia, and one of them was a Halloween 5 mask. Ooh. And I went there with maybe 500 bucks, and I kept bidding and bidding and bidding, and I got all the way up to 
$480 and I ended up losing out on it and I'm sitting there in the chair and I get this tap on my shoulder and I hear somebody whispering in my ear saying, hey, if you want one of those, I'll make one for you and ship it to you. And I turn around. It was Greg Nicotero. He was sitting there with Danielle Harris from Halloween 5 because that had just come out mm. the year before. And he gave me his phone number and get home from New York and I lost it. Oh, you idiot. I lost the phone number. <laughs> idiot. I, You're just I like know, the I'm guy gonna... that washes the girl's number off your arm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was so depressed. You know, I'm going to have to message him and hopefully he would remember that story. Now, granted, it was only 21 years ago, but, you know, maybe I can pick one up because he's got the molds for him because he did the effects for Halloween 5. That's so cool. that was a mess that he created, but that's my depressing story. All right, so movies with practical effects. Give me, a, you know, a good one. Friday the 13th? Yep. Any of the Friday the 13th have good yeah. practical Those effects. All, yeah, because yeah, you got Savini working on them. I mean, you got the burning. Uh, that would be a good move of practical effects because, I mean, Savini, even... Which one was it, Paul, that he decided not to do the Friday the 13th and did the burning instead? Part two. The Prowler. So, yeah. I would like That's to... another. I would like to see a documentary on how they do some of these practical effects. Is there anything out there like that? Uh, you know, I actually have a book that I got that Tom Savini wrote back in the 80s called Bizarro. Do you remember that book, Anthony? Actually, no. I've never. You don't know the book Bizarro. There's a. It's a great picture book and all the instruction on how Tom Savini and his special effects group did the effects for his movies. I think it was like Martin and Creep Show, Friday the Thirteenth, the first one. Um, a lot of his movies. It's pretty neat. I'll have to bring it to work. You can come and pick it up tomorrow and take a look now, at it. Anthony, you've done a movie. How did you do special effects? Because I'm, I'm assuming you didn't use any CGI. Uh, I'll be honest. We used <laughs> a tiny, tiny bit of CGI on certain certain spots in the film just because the practical effects person uh, couldn't get the, the molds done the way I wanted. So, But pretty much most of the film was practical effects. And practical effects take time. So time equals money, and if you're running on a small budget doing independent films, you have to pick what you're going to use practical effects on. So, But if you have the money to do it, like these bigger films, you know, Friday the 13th, I'd say put all your money into practical effects. You can get away with some bad acting because that's what people remember is the, the effects on the film. So what's what's one of the effects that you did do, and how did you do it? Uh, in the movie uh, Leaf Floor Massacre, we did a it was a a hand kill basically, hand getting cut up and then uh, getting detached. So it's basically like tricks with the camera, you know, before and after, and then it's just all it goes into the editing program. So, so are you using a rubber hand? I mean, what what are you yeah, using? You're using like a mold, you're using a mold of a hand, someone's hand, and then you're just using different uh, weapons. I would call them weapons of choice that will easily trick the eye, thinking it's real. 
And, uh, and is that something that you're storyboarding out to yeah, figure out usually. the angles of your camera and, and all that other stuff for this? Yeah, you have to storyboard it out and kind of do test runs with it. Uh, basically doing make a couple molds, see how they work, see if it's not going to work. Um, and then even using um, glass bottles. We've used a couple glass bottles in the film, breaking over someone's head, breakaway bottles that... Uh, gets hit in the head, and it looks like, you know, that's a real beer bottle. Yeah, they're made out of sugar or something, aren't they? Yeah, sh- like a sugar-type cane and stuff like that. So, Very it's amazing. Cool. They they do feel, it looks and feels real, but it's not, so. I made my kids, I, I had a haunted house for my kids one year, and I took some rubber gloves. And you know that great stuff you can buy at the hardware store? Oh, yeah, the like, foam. Yeah. yeah, and I shot it into rubber gloves and made hands. And it actually turned out pretty good. I was surprised, you know, because it's kind of got that color, so I didn't have to do a whole lot of painting on it. I just squirted it in there and then kind of flattened it a little bit because otherwise it puffs up really bulgy. Uh, I was like, boy, and I hung that, you know, he painted them, and then I hung the hands, you know, on on strings on fishing line so you couldn't see it in the dark, so you just saw the hands, and I had kids mm-hmm. walk through it. So that was my foray into uh, practical effects, I guess. That's so CGI. That's what's the best CGI horror movie that's out there? Now? Or? I have none. None? I don't have anything for now. I, I wouldn't for, say anything For close-up right kills? No. I, like I said, I'm not... I prefer the practical effects. The CGI kills in movies like... You know, My Bloody Valentine 3D, which I just watched a couple weeks ago, and the first couple of kills in that were, I mean, it was all CGI. It was ridiculous. It looked terrible. I thought it was terrible. Final Destination movies, they they just look so fake. How long has CGI been out, though? It's not like it's been around 50 years. No. Terminator 2 was one of the bigger movies that came out that was cgi with the liquid metal um Mm -hmm. the robert patrick that was one of the first big cgi events you know jurassic park was one of the big first ones yep with the dinosaurs Mm -hmm. which are only on the screen for like what 11 minutes or something like that oh i don't know that that movie is just phenomenal well they get you with the suspense and the noise and everything else but Yeah. But I did notice the newer ones that they've made, there's way more dinosaurs in them than in the original oh, one. Oh, yeah. They've mastered it now. But, you know, in Jurassic Park, they did a mix, you know, between CGI and animatronics, you know, with uh, Stan Winston. The Tyrannosaurus, when his face eats the, or when his head eats the goat, that's not CGI. That is animatronics. What about, like... And when it, American Werewolf in London was that CGI? No, no, no. that was that was Rick Baker. I mean, he won an Academy Award for that. Well, how that did was, he make it look like his face was turning into a werewolf? He's a master. I mean, that's all about the editing and frame by frame. So that was probably I mean, that, a lot of different shots then. Oh yeah. God, yes. I mean, and a lot of prosthetics, really. I mean. You know, you, you 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 got the starting and the ending, and there's probably what thirty different prosthetics in between there. Yeah. I'm guessing. Yeah, 
probably 3,000. I mean, it's ridiculous. I mean, a lot of the close-ups of, like, his nose, you know, the snout coming up and the legs and the hair in the back, you know, that's all, you know, that's I'm sure that's done in a shop and recorded so, and splice them all together. What about Thriller? Was that done with, you know, practical effects? Practical. The, the, you know, Michael Jackson thriller where he turns into the werewolf. Oh, yeah. That scared the bejeebies out of me when I was a kid. I remember first time watching that video. I was sitting under an afghan in front of my parents on the floor, and I was looking through the holes of the afghan, and I wanted to be able to cover my face because it scared the bejeebies out of me. I mean, it was like, Wasn't I was like phenomenal, 17. phenomenal, though? No, oh, it was great. <laughs> it was a great, it was, great video. Uh, all the zombies great, and everything in it. <laughs> it pretty, yeah, it was yeah. like 20 minutes long. Um, but I mean, as, as horror fans, you guys got to appreciate that music video, you know? Oh, I, I absolutely love that video. I mean, especially at the end when Michael Jackson turns into the zombie and his eyes are sunken in his head. Oh, absolutely phenomenal. Even the werewolf was, was pretty cool looking. There's a whole behind the scenes and making of that video out there. Yeah. And what about like Godzilla? Is Godzilla a lot of practical effects or a lot of CGI? Because there's a new Godzilla movie coming out. Yeah. I'm assuming that's all CGI. That's all CGI. They're, they're unless you're going back on to... practical. <laughs> yeah. So have we come to a point, though, where CGI is cheaper to do now than a practical? Oh, I mean, yeah. Yeah, way would... more. Oh, yes. Okay. It's a computer. It's a computer Then instead of hiring someone to be there for weeks on end and what 10 15 hours doing effects on somebody well you gotta think though back in the day people who could do the cgi stuff probably got paid some pretty good bucks to do that oh yeah so you think it's cheaper i mean at one point cgi was probably more expensive way more expensive than practical but you think it's flip-flopped now I mean, look at even look at Romero, George Romero. Towards the end of his career, he started going CGI, and he was like all practical effects until what Diary of the Dead, Paul, mm-hmm. where he just kind of was like, "All right, this is cheaper to do. It's it's not going to hit theaters. I can get away with it because I've already got people that are in my camp." So, all right. So, big, last question then. If I want to watch something that's got phenomenal practical effects, what am I going to watch? Maniac. Maniac. I'm going to go with, I just watched it a couple weeks ago, was the um, unrated version of My Bloody Valentine. I That's the oh. first time that I'd watched the unrated one, and it was brutal, brutally gory. Very realistic, too. That, it was really cool. Right on. All right, I'll add those no. to my uh, my list. What do we got coming up on the next podcast? Any ideas? No. We'll think of that the night before. <laughs> <laughs> we are so prepared. Yes, we are. Well, you know, wait, let's see. We record at, what, 9.45? We'll come up with it at 9. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Don't forget, follow us on Facebook, if you would. It's the, the Horror Addict Facebook group. Uh, we're also on the Twitter, the Twitter, Horror Addict 2020. And don't forget to check out the website as well, thehorroraddict.com. There's some T-shirts up there. I've got one. We got anything else yet? Got any mugs up there or anything yet, Paul? 
You know what? I'll put one up there tomorrow. How about that? Yeah. No, I think those are cool. I mean, I got mine on my desk. So uh, check out the horrorattic.com and download the podcast from iTunes or you can get it on Podbean. And uh, make sure you're following us on the social media because we're throwing questions up there, things that uh, you might want to uh, take part in our discussion. Or you can post some ideas for us. So it's the Horror Attic group on Facebook. Check it out. The Horror Attic Podcast has been produced and directed by Radio Communications. All opinions expressed are that of the hosts and do not reflect the official policy or position of Radio Communications. This program may contain copyrighted material, the use of which has not been specifically authorized by the copyright owner and are being used under the Fair Use Act. We hope you enjoyed the podcast. Remember, always look over your shoulder. Don't walk down a dark street at night. And always stay scared.